hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today? Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want. Hello. <laughs> if that sounded oh. awful, I'll just go ahead and erase that. Oh my God. We've got some ASMR up in here yeah. today. Welcome. That was not a toot. It could have been a should have been a can cracking up, maybe. Yeah. Welcome back to the Sexton Podcast, everyone. You are here with your favorite sisters, hosts, and den mothers. Hi. Lauren and Camille. It is episode number 22, second episode of the second season. So go ahead and grab your coffees, grab your kombuchas, grab your beers, <laughs> grab your matcha. Oh. <laughs> I just listened the entire episode. Grab, grab your blanket, wine, grab, grab your pillows, get your foil, get your foil. <laughs> Wait, and I have to just something. go ahead and <laughs> join us for this very exciting episode on the Sex Den Podcast. Speaking of coffee, <laughs> we don't drink coffee anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it just throws us right into a panic attack. Yeah. Throws me right into a downward spiral. And it gives me the shits. Bad. Not like the good kind. It Bad. really <laughs> messes me up. <laughs> These days I'm on a lot of water <laughs> yeah water matcha and even i do matcha. drink a matcha but sometimes a matcha is too much i didn't drink caffeine for a couple months actually to deal with some panic attack <laughs> issues which isn't funny nope it's a very real thing <laughs> and <laughs> i post <laughs> what is going on welcome back to our podcast all we do is laugh now <laughs> we're just so happy yeah. no but i really do want to say cutting out caffeine and alcohol has significantly helped me dealing with panic attacks and anxiety. I post content about that on my Instagram. So while we're here, let's just go ahead and plug whatever you're listening on. Go ahead and follow or subscribe, like, comment. It helps us so much out with the podcast. So we really appreciate anyone who does that. If you post a comment into our DMs, we love that too. And we will share it anonymously on our page. So we appreciate all of you. Our Instagram is at the Den Mothers. And our personal pages are She Wolf Lauren and Camille Misbach on everything. We have some TikToks. We have an Instagram. We have websites. And She Wolf Lauren and Camille Misbach just happen to be the name of it all. That's right. So let's freaking jump into it. Yeah, we should. Oh, I've got something to say. <laughs> Thank you, Camille. Um, number one, I'd like to address my appearance today. No. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I've been sick and my hair is growing out and I know that I'm going to be aggy for yeah, a couple months. But it's, it's going to be in a phase and it's gonna be in we're going to But speaking it. of confidence and inner work, we are launching Camille, me, and my fiance, Shane Hanner, are launching a really exciting online inner transformation community. We cannot wait. This has been something that has been on our mind for years, and we are giving you breath work. We are giving you behind the scenes, sex den 
conversations live from Camille and me. Um, we are giving teachings, yogic, tantric, all of the things that have really helped us to jump out of the matrix and to free our minds. So we can't wait. If you're interested in that or in topics like that and want to hang out with us more, specifically in a live setting online, and then also we'll be doing events at some point as well, then make sure that you send us your email, DM it to us at The Den Mothers, and we will add you to the list, the early bird experience. You will receive, you know, early pricing, which is nice. Everybody and likes all early the- pricing. That's right. And all the updates. So we can't wait. It's what we've been working on. And it's really coming into fruition now where we're like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And it's so exciting. So we really would love to have you there and DM us if you're interested. Yes. We're so excited. Yeah. To repeat, this is an online community dedicated to internal transformation. Yeah. So it's different than the one-on-one space that both of us offer, which Mm -hmm. we also offer on both of our websites, one-on-one coaching and healing services that are very specialized to your journey. And also the courses, workshops, whatever we're going to be offering on our internal community, our, our online community is going to be that in a group setting with beautiful teachings, meditations, all of it. So it's going to be so exciting. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting. I am so excited. And it's also going to be tailored to the experience of just human consciousness. <laughs> human consciousness. What you say? And the thing that I'm the most excited for about it is that, I mean, truly, and I told you this the other day, it's that Shane is going to be teaching and he has been deep, deep, deep in the world of Tibetan Buddhism, like these – And if you're interested in what he's going to be teaching on, listen to his podcast. It's called Human. I am going to be on it soon. And Camille is also going to have an episode with him on there. So we really recommend listening to his podcast as well if you're really into the internal arts or you're curious about that world because it's really special. Yeah, exactly. And I can't wait for him to be teaching finally. Yeah. I can't. So exciting. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to do a little weekly update. It's been now two weeks, but we're going to do a little update. And then we are going to be talking today about leaving the matrix. Yes. And I got a DM of how we left our nine to fives. We get, I would say I get a lot of asks about how do you find your purpose? All this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And this all aligns with breaking out of the matrix and freeing your mind. So today we're going to share our stories on how we came to be at the place we're at right now. (laughs) How we came to be. How we came to being. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really exciting. So let's kick it off first with the weekly update. Lori, how are things? Man, well, I have a really exciting story that I'd like to share with the pack. This is a fun story. Can I okay. sh- can I share it, Camille? Yeah. Okay. Well, Cammy's my little gatekeeper over here. So what do you think? <laughs> yes. I don't know what story. Surprise me. <laughs> okay. So this past week, I was basically just sick all week, which sucked. And Shane was sick before me. I don't know what's happening with us. Usually our immune systems are pretty good. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. But your sickness came in the form of just being exhausted 24-7. Yeah, we were just pretty much exhausted 24-7 since like November. We've just been doing so much. So anyway, our body said, slow down, stop. 
But the week before that, we decided to go on a San Diego date week, basically. And Shane and I love to do date weeks or date days. But we decided we love to go to San Diego to get our hair cut, get, go to the dentist, like do all of that stuff since mm-hmm. we live in a kind of more remote area now. So we went to San Diego and we're having all of these fun date nights and decided to extend our trip and stay downtown at this hotel called the U.S. Grant. And I worked there when I was in college. So it was like eight years ago. 19 or 20, I feel like. Yeah, it was almost – it was literally almost 10 years ago that Mm -hmm. I worked there. And so I had no idea. It's the oldest hotel. It's super cool. Like imagine 1920s. It was there in the Prohibition era. Like it's really awesome and just old and super luxury. It's a luxury collection for the Marriott. So anyway, we get there. There were still people working there that I knew, which was really fun. We had this whole experience and Shane and I decided that we were going to do a role play date night. And so I have been wanting to do this basically for my whole life. Yes. But I would get scared or like not want to bring it up that much. And so what happened was Shane and I both checked in. We we checked into the hotel so we could sleep there for the night. Yeah. And let me give you every detail. <laughs> let me give you every detail. <laughs> I love a detailed story. I want to really get the listeners in. Okay. So okay. you checked in. <laughs> so we checked in. We showered. How was the attendant? Were yeah. they kind or were they super nice? They were <laughs> they were kind and they remembered me. Okay. So I felt kind of special and cool because they remembered me and they had a lot of fun. So, so you checked in. So we checked the in. The person was very nice. <laughs> the person was very nice. They remembered me. I kind of felt like a celebrity. And I love pretending like I'm a celebrity. I think it's so much fun. <laughs> so we we get upstairs and Shane all of a sudden gets into this sort of like dom daddy mood. And he's like, you're not allowed to watch me get ready. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. So he's showering. I'm laying face down on the bed. I don't see him get ready. He puts on what I assume is a hot outfit and just leaves. He leaves the vicinity, and he goes down into the bar at the Grant. I took like half an hour more, got completely ready, put lingerie on underneath my dress, a dress that he had never seen before, and a wig. And then I masturbated (laughs) because I wanted to get really ready. It's the triple whammy. It's the triple whammy. So I had a wig on, lingerie, and I was doing what I would normally do when I was single. I would always masturbate before a date. Really? Yeah. I just thought it was so fun. Wow. And so I was like, whatever, I'm going to be single. And Shane and I had talked about the fact that we were going to pretend like we didn't know each other. He was going to be down at the bar, already have a drink, and I was just going to show up in character. And that was that. So I did it. I was so nervous. I FaceTimed Camille and Michael because they were <laughs> Is the house. wig a bad idea? I was like, is the wig a bad idea? It looks really fake. I don't want to look ridiculous. Like I was a little bit embarrassed kind of. And so I went down to the bar, got collected my, you know, did some deep breaths, collected my confidence and walked down to the bar and found Shane. And I literally just sat down and like, hi, there's this seat taken. I don't know what happened. A Southern (laughs) accent came out. (laughs) And Shane- Why don't you go ahead and tell us your nicknames? (laughs) No, I'm not sharing them because they're the name of our kids. Oh, But it's going to be H and H. So- H squared. H squared. He is an H and I'm an H. 
And basically, I sat down. Shane was shocked because he didn't know I was going to be wearing the wig. <laughs> Immediately, he has a boner. Like, we're just having the it's best time. The funniest time. part to me is that even before you went on the trip, you packed the wig. <laughs> just like, okay, in case we do this role play date, I'm going to put on this Dolly Parton blonde curly experience. Well, to you give, you an, uh, give you an idea of the wig. Maybe we should post it with this. I'll we'll post, post a photo. We'll post a photo of me and my character because trust me, I have one. Shane, I wore that. Shane had nothing to do with this. I wore that wig when I was dressing up as Sandy from mm, Greece. So mm-hmm. it's literally imagine like a Sandy yeah. wig. It ended up being so much fun. We literally stayed in character. We had mezcal after mezcal in the bar that I used to work at. I was the hostess there. And it's like, that. you know, it has that 1920s, like really dim lighting, dark booths, so sexy and cool. Anyway, it ended up being so fun. And we stayed in those characters all through drinks, then went to dinner, and then had sex as those characters in our swanky hotel room. In That's the, the best part. In the way that they stayed in character the entire night up till <laughs> through sex. Like, well, it ended up being it was just so fun. Like, we it was hilarious though because Shane hadn't developed his character, so I'd ask him a question <laughs> about himself, and like, he wouldn't remember what he told me before, you know. And I'd be like, <laughs> well, geez, somebody's had a couple too many drinks, you know. Like, we were just so it was so much fun. That is so funny so if you, wait that's such a cool way to keep things just really sexy and fun it was honestly it was so fun we woke up the next morning and we were like giddy little kids we couldn't believe that we had done yeah. done it and the thing is is the servers would come over and say what do you want and I would talk to them in my regular voice and then go right back into character with Shane and so sometimes I guess we'd break because he'd kiss me or something but he'd be really in his character about it I love the whole idea <laughs> of that night. It was so fun. So this is something really fun. Like, I want to do this with Michael mm-hmm. now. I think it'd be so funny. Yeah. It's cool if you're staying in a hotel because then you can really go for it. It's so sexy. I really recommend it because I think we talked about this and we want to do it all over the world. The next time we do it, we want to go in like separate cars and arrive somewhere like as if you're going on a date. You know how it like makes you nervous? Oh my God. It gives you the it butterflies. Gives you the butter- Flies and you're kind of nervous and honestly it's crazy because when we were having sex both of us said that we really still felt like our characters it didn't feel like Shane and Lauren having sex it felt like H&H having sex like different so kind of funny. moves more like dirty you know it was just different yeah it's like you're impressing the person yes, sex. you're kind of impressing <laughs> them a little yeah. and like saying really nasty you don't, things you don't know each other's moves <laughs> every yes time. you don't know the moves it was Honestly, it was so much fun. And then we got to go to breakfast in the morning and talk all about it. And we just, we had a an effing blast. That so, is phenomenal. Yeah. And then the next day we ended up extending our uh, hotel room for one more night. And we just laid in bed all day, got pizza delivered to the room and just watched movies. Sounds like a really good day. It was so much fun. So I had a really good week and then Shane immediately got sick yes. that day. And then I got sick. So we, so since then, it's been a shit show. Yeah, but fine. I mean, we're it's fun. God. Yeah. That's really 
fun. <laughs> Tell me about your week. Well, it's nothing like that. Oh, yes, it is, honey. Look where you are. No, it is really fun. I'm happier than I've been in so long in my body because I'm living with my sister and Shane on this property. Michael and I are connecting more. And I'll talk more about our relationship and the type of year we had on a different episode because I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Really important to talk about going through a healing process and essentially reintroducing yourself to your partner. Yeah. And when you're going through something spiritual and they are in a different space, like how to navigate that, what the communication needs to look like. I mean, there are so many things about it. So Michael and I are finally in a place where it's like, (sighs) Mm. just so calm Mm. (laughs) so relaxed Mm -hmm. I feel like my spiritual internal transformation is going in such a beautiful path right now because my mind is calm I feel really good about my relationship I feel good about where I am and yeah I'm just really trying to soak in all these little beautiful moments like yesterday we were in the hammock snuggling in there and he's like reading me a book you know and I'm like this is really what I have been wanting is for us to be in this really relaxed creative space we're reading a lot we're writing a lot we're creating projects I mean we are completely different people than when we met about three years ago and I can't wait to share more about what that whole transformation looked like because it was hard as fuck yeah It was really hard. And also, I had a little bit of a strange week after the week after I finally opened up about my story. Mm. So on episode 21, I talk about my big T trauma story, which involves sexual assault. And I kind of had just a strange internal, I don't know, I don't even know what to call it, just shame came up again in me. I had this moment where I didn't want to post anything on Facebook because I felt like, oh, my parents, friends and like Mm. people I used to work with don't need to see that. Mm. And then it Mm -hmm. was like just an internal reflection of, oh, my God, here I am thinking, oh, these people don't need to see it. Well, I don't want to be talking about it, you know. And so I just had almost a deeper connection to all the women who don't come out about it because I understand. I understand the shame. I understand the guilt. So it was a whole other week of processing and feeling really sad. I had some strange dreams come up. And that's why I really have had an aversion to this word being healed because I don't think we heal from stuff like that. I think that we get back into our bodies and we allow ourselves to deal with the trauma every single time that it shows up. Mm -hmm. And it means being in a happier body and feeling deeper joy because you have faced it. And also being able to deal with sadness and pain around that trauma whenever it comes up. So I felt like I had a lot of tools and, you know, ways to deal with what was coming up in me. I wasn't just pushing it down like I used to, but it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. And so working through healing is just a whole journey and 
I see and honor every single person working through it. Well, and once again, I think the important thing to note too is that you felt it. And that's what we talked about on your, on our last episode was sitting in it and feeling it. And that it's the, it's the hardest thing to do. But when that discomfort comes up, it isn't like, oh, I'm just going to have a drink or, oh, I'm going to smoke a bowl because I don't want, it's like, okay, I'm going to sit in this, notice what's coming up and just feel what my body is processing. And you did that. And this week you've had a much better week. Oh yeah. You've been so much happier. I've had such an incredible week. And it's really important to also not be upset about feelings coming up again. Mm -hmm. Like being like, fuck, I thought I was healed. And that's why I hate that word because it makes us feel like, okay, once we're done with it, it's gone. But no matter what, the memory of a trauma always exists in your mind, no matter how much we want it to be gone. And so we just have to recognize when thoughts and feelings come up about it and really honor them and be like, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay if I need to curl up into a ball for a day, not write anything because I'm feeling like sad, right? (laughs) you know? So yeah. What's important, I think, about what you just said, one of the many things is that we – today came on here with the intention of talking about leaving the matrix and we're we're saying that kind of in jest but also if we think about the matrix as like bullshit we're leaving bullshit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um I had this thing where I really wanted to watch the matrix and then I wanted Camille to watch the matrix and we ended up watching the whole series we have the newest one but mm-hmm. what you said about the idea of holding on to I am healed I am healed is holding on and attaching to the identity of healed. Yes. Right? And so when we leave the matrix, when we leave bullshit, it's leaving behind attachments and outcomes. Mm -hmm. Attachments and solid outcomes. When we say, I am healed, what that means is that there's no room for additional pain or additional cycles of that healing to emerge. Yes. And then it also means disappointment is on the other side of that should something come up. So, for example, if we say – In any case, right? I am happy. I am healed. I am X. And then we really identify with that. I am a teacher. I am an engineer. When we Mm -hmm. identify with anything, literally with anything, Mm -hmm. it leaves room for suffering. It leaves room for disappointment on the other side of that because when things get shaken up, when you're no longer an engineer, when you want to leave your engineering job, then we have this whole identity crisis of like, who the hell am I? What do I do? What do you mean? Okay, well, geez, I can't leave. I don't know what I'm going to do. I make this much money. I X, whatever it is, those attachments, attachments to anything is really what keeps us in the matrix. And so what it feels like to be free or what it feels like to pursue freedom or to pursue a life that doesn't include highs and extreme lows, highs and extreme lows, or a life that just feels bland, right, Mm -hmm. is to rid ourselves from these certainties, from these definitions of who I am. Yes, that's so beautiful. Before we keep going too, I want to say, and this one is a little bit of a harder pill to swallow, those identities 
also come in trauma forms. Mm-hmm. We identify really deeply with our mental state, how we're feeling, what type of trauma we've survived. Mm-hmm. And even that keeps you really trapped in your own body. Mm-hmm. And we can build such an identity around this, oh, I'm a trauma survivor, or oh, I'm depressed, oh, I have anxiety. And we all of a sudden start living our lives in a way where we're creating circumstances for ourselves just because we identify with those things. And I'll give you a little example. I had anxiety. I think I still deal with anxiety. And now I just recognize it as energy in my body that isn't feeling okay. Aligned, basically. (laughs) Yeah, isn't feeling aligned. Before I went on my healing journey, I was so identified with this idea of having anxiety that I started saying it in almost every scenario. So I would go to the doctor. I wrote a post on this. I would go to the doctor and be like, oh my God, I'm having so much anxiety about getting a shot. And then when I started going through this transformation and I started kind of removing these identities from myself, I went to the doctor and I remember being like, I'm actually not scared of this shot. In my body, I'm not actually nervous about this. It's just that I had created this idea of having anxiety so deeply that I almost, in a weird way, your brain almost wants you to identify with it. It's your the ego trying to keep you pulled down into this earth experience. And so releasing that identity also allowed me a lot of freedom in my speech. And it allowed me a lot of freedom in my body to actually identify, okay, how is this experience actually feeling rather than immediately just saying, I have anxiety, I'm anxious about this. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little example from what I have. But I mean, we, I know we're going to end up talking about this, but this This experience about removing identity also directly correlates to getting back into your body Mm -hmm. and being able to actually listen to your body instead of forming a thought and idea around what you think it is and then being attached to that. Right. The way that I like to describe it is that you can speak about your experience from what your body is actually feeling. Yes. So for an, ex- an example of this is I just had a really interesting experience where this was actually also part of my last week's uh, update mm-hmm. but that I want to talk about now because it really synthesizes what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I had a falling out with my best friend about four years ago. We were business partners. We were building an app. We had gone to grad school together, like really deep, deep friendship. Mm -hmm. Like this is a person that I care about very, very deeply. We had a falling out four years ago almost. In Mm -hmm. September, it will be four years where I really dramatically left the business and she basically said, I'm not talking to you anymore you have a fucking problem. You are so selfish. You have the biggest ego. I'm done. And I was like, "Eh, whatever at the time. Well, Shane and I were in Ocean Beach during our San Diego week. And I had this overwhelming urge to reach out to her. And we had not talked in four years. And she's an intimidating person. (laughs) This person knows herself. She knows her shit. She is like (laughs) intimidating. And she holds friendships in very high esteem, just like a lot of moral compass in this Mm -hmm. person. And so I had this overwhelming need to reach out to her when I was in Ocean Beach because that's where we hit – those were our stomping grounds. We Mm -hmm. did studies there. We went to coffee shops there, all of it. 
Anyway, she responded and said, let's meet up for coffee tomorrow. And so it was really interesting because old Lauren came online and I immediately started saying like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I can't believe this is happening. I'm so, I'm so uh, nervous about this. And all of a sudden I remember just sitting with my body and being like, that's all a fucking lie. Yeah. My my mind is creating what I thought I should have been feeling. Mm-hmm. My mind was creating anxiousness. My mind was creating these things. But when I actually sat with my body, the work that I've done showed me my body was calm and my body was ready. Yeah. My body was 100% open and available to meet with her. And so this old narrative and these old questions of like, you should be feeling this way. Call everybody that you know who can support you before you meet her because you need to be calmed down, X, Y, Z. And it just wasn't true anymore. So an example of the way we can do this and the way that we can check in with our bodies is when this like thing came online for me that I needed to text her and reach out to her, my body was having anxiety. So I started to kind of throw out there a couple of things that could be making my body react in this certain way. And so I started... Shane actually asked me, what is it that you're afraid of? Are you, are you having these um, body, like these body signals, basically, is your body signaling something that's coming up? And I started just throwing things. We call it throwing things at the wall. And it's like, I'm feeling scared. And it's like, of what? Okay, I'm actually feeling scared of rejection. What if she mm-hmm. tells me fuck off. I never want to talk to you again. What if I'm blocked from her phone? What if, you know, we meet up and she punches me in the face? (laughs) You know, just like a lot of fear. And also some shame was coming up because of how the friendship had ended Mm -hmm. and how much I had to apologize for. Like, I really had to say, hey, I was an egomaniac and like really have come a long way. What if she doesn't believe me? What if she doesn't see my growth? You know, what if she doesn't trust that I'm having good intention? And so once I was able to actually identify why my body was having this really hot, intense reaction, it kind of just vanished. Like I, when you're able to look at what is actually the wound that's being activated, that your body is signaling. And for me, it was basically this inner child stuff of like, I'm, I'm nervous um, that she's going to reject me. I'm feeling fear of the unknown. I'm feeling shame about how things ended. And after you can look at those, it can completely calm down your nervous system. And so I actually just sort of went on a rant, but I think that that had a point (laughs) in that our body and our mind are two different hardware drives, basically. There are two different areas where we can really tap in to what is my body feeling and what is my mind wanting to attach to? What is my mind wanting to attach to? And they feel very different. Yeah, it does feel very different. And our body signals when we're having certain thoughts and emotions. So it is really important to look at it from an outsider perspective, like not just immediately attaching to things you always do Mm -hmm. like again like I said anxiety or fear or all these things I'm actually sitting with yourself and I mean I know I coach on this so much and Mm -hmm. I I know you do too but Mm -hmm. 
just sitting and listening to your body with no expectation, just tapping into what it is. How, how is this tightness in my chest actually feeling and being able to identify that instead of working from a place of fear and, you know, nervousness about it just doesn't feel good. So it doesn't feel good. Right. You know? And when we start to identify those things, you realize how much these themes in our lives permeate every single aspect of our lives. So we might eliminate uh, people pleasing, for example, in the workplace, Mm -hmm. and we might eliminate it with strangers. And we might say, oh, I'm people pleasing in this area, this area, and this area. But we realize, oh no, I'm also people pleasing when I'm just by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about what other people would want me to do when I'm just home alone. I'm doing this in my relationship. I'm assuming what my partner would want me to do and acting like that. And what all of this comes down to, like if we take a major step back and just look at what all of these different pieces are, it's dishonesty with ourselves. Yeah, it's being dishonest. And so that matrix piece, like if you feel kind of trapped and plugged into these different areas in relationships, in your career, in your purpose, in your friendships, Mm -hmm. when you're at home, in your family, like if you feel like, oh, my God, there are all of these things. I don't mean to simplify this, but I do want to tell you that it is pretty fucking simple. Pursue your own truth. Yeah. Pursue living in alignment and it will not be perfect and it will not be pretty. But if you truly want to feel freedom, you have to pursue what truth is for you. Yes. And all of this that we're talking about from the heart space, from the mind, the body, all of that. It comes from radical honesty with the self, and so many of us don't even know what that means. Yeah. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. And I did a post about that, right? I was like, I was the biggest liar that I knew, and a huge part of that was actually that friendship. Yes. Where I literally didn't know how to say my truth. I didn't know how to say, my heart is feeling so tight when I'm around you, and just start from there. Yeah. That's an option, everybody. When we don't know where to start conversations, we can start it with what your body is feeling. Yes. This truth piece just comes up in so many little different ways as well. I mean, think about how many times you've said like, oh, yeah, I've heard that song. Oh, I've been there a couple times. When you've really only been there once, right? Or like if you've never heard that song at all, I'm giving really tiny examples. Yes. But since I've been stepping more and more into my truth, exaggeration to me feels like a lie. Yes. Saying I've seen something or because I don't even know why I would do it. It's so weird. When I catch myself, I'll go like, oh yeah, I've been there a couple times. And then I literally now stop and go, actually, I've only been there once. I've done that was a lie. Our lives are riddled with these things and it comes from not being secure with the self. It really does. And that's a massive part of this honesty component component. Are we being honest in our jobs? Are we super overwhelmed and never telling our boss? Right. And then being resentful. Are we hating what we're actually doing in our career, but we're just lying to ourselves because we like the paycheck? Right. So this is a really great assignment for everyone is for one week, track and think about all the little times you've lied to yourself and write them down. Yeah. And just sit with that in your body and realize that you do not want to feel like that anymore. And to me, that was 
a massive part of breaking out of the matrix. I mean, I don't even know what I consider to be the matrix. Maybe we should start like that. But essentially, anything to me that the world is pushing to keep us unconscious to me feels like the matrix. And lies are a big, big part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes. And I want to just... So we never talked about this because it just happened and then we came out with your story in our first episode. But the reason that we weren't doing the podcast for months and months and months is because I literally had a system meltdown Mm -hmm. unraveling of all of the little ways in which I had been lying to myself since I could remember. Mm -hmm. I went to a women's retreat and did ayahuasca. And I think I did talk about that journey on the podcast, but I did ayahuasca and it was like all of these, another word that I use for them is overrides. Like Mm. it's an override, right? When your heart is saying no, no, no. And you're like, whatever. And you bulldoze through it. I call that a system override. Your system is saying don't do this and you do it. Or your system is saying, do do this and you don't do it. Right. And so I did ayahuasca and for seven hours, this grandmother root showed me years, literally since being at grandma and Jedu's house when we were kids of these times that I lied to myself, lied to others. It was thousands, thousands and thousands. And I could barely speak. I literally peed my pants, but I was just saying, all the little ways, so many little ways. It's all the little things. It's all the little things. And so when Cammie's talking about writing down times that you have overridden yourself, times Mm -hmm. when you have lied to yourself, you don't even have to go back that far. Talk about this week. Talk about today, right? All of that is vital, is vital for your freedom. It really is because once you can swallow those overrides, We can start working on compassion for the self. We can start working on eliminating that shame barrier that you likely have. Because what happens is we lie, we override, we lie, we override. And then we say, oh my God, I'm feeling so much shame. I don't even know who I am. And now the ego comes in to protect you, right? Because you don't know you. So then the ego's like, I've got you. We're friends now. You're not. No. And how are you supposed to be in truth about some of the larger components of your life if you've already been creating false identity around these little lies the whole time? I mean, try addressing a massive confidence issue or a huge trauma if you can barely be honest about what you did last week. I mean... It's so funny that you said those little things. Do you remember the other day? We we were literally in this new little shop, or it's not a new shop, but a new shop to us in, in the, mm-hmm. the area that we live. And the owner said, oh, I also own the floral shop up the street. And I said, oh my gosh, that place is so cute. I've been in there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I just lied to you. I was like, I actually haven't been in there. I've just driven past it so many times. Yes. I heard you say that and I started laughing because I catch myself on little stuff like that. It's just so strange. Like, where does that begin? How does that even happen? And it's just like, it was just this little experience. And I'm like, I lied to you. But also those little things kind of, a lot of them to me tie into how you want people to view you. 
So I had that, you know, experience a lot with music. (laughs) Like I'd be like, oh yeah, I love this song. No, never heard the fucking song. But like, (laughs) it's not like anyone, it's not hurting anyone except for you. Right. So that's the biggest part to recognize. Breaking out of the system, breaking out of the matrix, it is so much deep self-reflection. That's actually the only thing it is. It's the only thing that matters. It's deep self-reflection. It's deep self-reflection. And I also just, man, should I, I'm going to do a little rant, but not too big. To me, massive healing ceremonies, either through plant medicines or breathwork ceremonies or, hmm. I don't know what another one would be. Meditation retreats. Meditation retreats, outdoor. all that kind of stuff. Those had it had a big impact on my journey. And also, that is the first step. That is the very first step. If you think that I've had this massive experience of a plant journey, and then you're like, oh, I'm out of the matrix. And then you continue living your life the same as you did before with no deep self-reflection afterwards. I think you're missing the point. Of course. Yeah. I don't think it's the first step. I think it's one way in. Yes. That's what I mean. Not the first step. Not like everybody has to do this. Right. What I was more trying to say is those type of experiences do not mean you're out of the matrix. No. It's (laughs) it's one – it's one way in. Yes. Yoga is one way in. Meditation is one way in. Having a teacher, having like a Buddhist teacher or a spiritual teacher, yes. having a coach, having sitting with yourself every day is one way in. Is one way. I mean, psychedelics are yes. one way in. And it's a glimpse of as of what it can be. Those big experiences. I think this is so important because right now there's so much content online of like this journey will change your whole life. And then people do it. And it's like, you're still searching for more. Mm -hmm. And so what I think is so important to remember is that this is a process. Mm -hmm. This is a lifelong journey Mm -hmm. that you go into when you really want to break free and find freedom and bliss in your heart. And those little things give you an idea of how expansive the mind is. And now, Okay, how do we align this and incorporate this so I can feel this way every day so that I don't just feel this way whenever I'm having a plant medicine journey? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is so vitally important. And so I, I just wanted to start or I wanted to at least mention this on this episode because I think that's so important. And I know we get a lot of questions about plant medicine and all of that stuff. And do I think it's an incredible tool? Of course, And also sitting outside by yourself in silence every day is the work, Mm -hmm. is the work that's needed in order to feel freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. And it's a journey. I'm reading a book right now that hammers this idea. First of all, I really like. Thank you. Um, But it hammers this idea of we do not do spiritual practices to feel better. This isn't something where you're feeling like shit and you're like, oh man, I I like really just need to meditate. Mm. Okay, I'm going to meditate. That's good. That's fine. That isn't freedom. What freedom looks like, what spiritual work looks like is showing up on the best days, on the worst days. It's dedication and devotion to your inner light and to your inner, deep inner self. It's just... 
it's just such a journey and it's a life journey. It's not like you begin a healing journey and then it's over. You begin this healing journey maybe to heal from one specific thing and then you realize, oh, how interesting. I'm very rigid in this place. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit too relaxed in this place. I'm feeling apathy here. What is this? And it's this – it's really like an Indiana Jones – navigation navigation (laughs) of the self and it's exciting and it's fascinating and it makes you feel alive yes and also something I love that Shane says it isn't sexy it's not sexy Mm -mm. it's not this experience where you're meditating and then you're levitating and you're like oh you know all this powerful experience every day no it's showing up for yourself And addressing all those thoughts that come up, I mean, that is really the first step, becoming the watcher of your own mind. How many things am I thinking about every day? Where can I find space in between these thoughts and moments to, to the point where I can recognize the quietness, the stillness of the actual mind's true nature? And how can I get to a place where I can live in that all the time? I mean, That end goal, living in that all the time, is enlightenment. It's not doing a ton of plant journeys and and feeling like you're awakened. No. It's not the pyrotechnics. No, it's not. And I had this experience yesterday where I was sitting with Shane because I've been practicing breath work every day for six months. And I have really been sitting with myself and addressing my the feelings in my body, my thoughts, all of this stuff, really on a path to what I feel is creating bliss in my life and freedom from my mind for the first time. And I told him yesterday, I was having this shaking feeling. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm just going to fly out of my body. Like, <laughs> is that what's going to happen? You know? And he just said, I spent years sitting in meditation, waiting for a massive experience to happen. And in that, you're missing the whole point. If you're waiting for this massive thing to happen, you're missing the being. You're missing the only thing that we're all striving for, which is to just be, to be. And I posted about this yesterday on my Instagram. When you go to do an activity, when you're at a coffee shop at the beach, at school, are you actually there Mm -hmm. or is your mind taking you out of the present moment and recognizing that your mind is out of the present moment constantly that's the first step recognizing that you don't want to live like that anymore you want to live in the now I mean it's one of the most powerful books also and best spiritual teaching highest best-selling books, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, because it shows you how many times and moments in the day that you're not here. How can you find bliss if you're not here? Yeah. How can you have good sex if you're not here? Yes. That's yes. like when we talk about confidence in the bedroom or connection with your partner or just good sex in general, it's how many places is your mind other than in your body, mm-hmm. other than in your pussy? Like, where are you when yes. you're having sex, when you're riding your bike, when you're driving? Where are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. Where are you? Are you here? 
Yeah. Are you in the now or are you in a thousand different places thinking about what your friends are doing, what happened last night, what you're going to make for dinner? Where are you? Because the only thing that matters is this moment. Yes, that's all there ever is. It's this moment. That's like, all there ever when is. I, you know, when, when we're sitting here recording, it's interesting because along this, this journey and along this path, it used to be really hard for me to understand where my mind was. Like, mm. I wouldn't be able to say, oh, when I was driving, it was in a thousand places. The more you practice this and the more present you are, the more you notice when your mind is gone. Yes. It's like the first time that you meditate, right? It's frustrating because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm not good at this. My mind is just racing. You'll hear people talk about this all the time. Well, I tried meditating, but but my mind but my was just racing. Ru- racing. And it's like, yes. That's the whole point. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That mm-hmm. You're not doing it wrong. You're doing it right. You're noticing your mind. And so this practice, this meditation, yes, sitting in meditation is really good, but life becomes meditation. You start noticing when your mind is in a thousand different places. Yeah. And uh, you want to finish that? Go ahead. It's so good. And I also want to like throw something in before I forget. Being present during meditation, when it translates into your life, you also start noticing what thoughts are recurring. Mm Mm-hmm. And when thoughts are recurring and you become the watcher, you also get the opportunity to sit with those and see if it's resonating somewhere in your body. And this ties back to the first thing that we were saying. If your thoughts in meditation the whole time are about your relationship not being what you want Mm. and you're trying to silence and silence and silence, I just can't stop thinking about this. I can't. Okay. You're thinking about this enough where you need to sit on that and feel that in your body Mm -hmm. and if that's something that you need to address it it's not you can't silence something that's recurring that's coming up over and over and over that is never going to heal your mind or your body silencing things Mm. so breaking out of the matrix is honesty within yourself sitting and creating that silence in space and then also acknowledging and feeling into those things that are recurring in your mind and your body Mm. bringing those things up talking about those things every time they arise it's like what I said at the beginning every time your trauma shows up it's not like my trauma shows up in my mind again and I'm like well my awakening is fucked you know (laughs) I'm back to ground zero because I can't get these thoughts out of my mind no it means I need to sit with that and really comprehend where where am I feeling that and how can I express this to get this off my to get this out of my body so that I can create that silence and bliss within me. And I think a lot of the time what you sit with and what you notice are recurring feelings are things you're really trying to avoid. Mm-hmm really trying to avoid and I think a lot of the time it comes up in feelings about your career and your relationship and that is I would say the hardest part about breaking through the matrix is being able to confront those things yes yes I mean that Mm -hmm. that was exactly what happened to me with my engineering job we didn't even end up talking really about our stories yeah but I left my job because I had a burning in my chest 
I started a real estate company with Michael. Then I had another burning in my chest and I had left my really great paying engineering job to start a job I thought was going to make me even more money, all this stuff. And then to have to sit down (laughs) with your husband (laughs) after he was like, babe, quit, go real estate full time and be like, I need to just sit on the floor for a couple months. Yes. I hate this just as much as I was hating my other job. (laughs) That deep honesty in my body that created this, it creates more space for freedom. Mm -hmm. Once you start living in the truth, living in the, the feelings, expressing those things, it creates this experience where you can no longer not speak your truth. No, it, it, there's this overwhelm. It's you're so it's like right. It's, every second you feel something wrong, you're like, my heart hurts. Yes. It's literally just like, hey, Lauren, do you want to do this? No, I just know immediately. Like you can just feel it. Like, you know, a friendship isn't exactly what it needs to be. Nope. I'm out like it just feels so and there's this when we talk about confidence right like I get a lot of questions about confidence Mm -hmm. people will say Lauren wow you're so confident it just exudes (laughs) from your body you're so amazing you are such a goddess you are so awesome (laughs) everything about you is confident god I just want to be just like you you know people say that to me a lot (laughs) These are the DMs I get every day. I, mean, I get these DMs every day. They come in emails, DMs. People are literally flying they, letters to my house. I received pigeon mail. That's okay. not the point of this. That was not. That was not the truth. That was not the truth. There was not a pigeon. I've received maybe one or two emails, but a lot of DMs. I'll say that. Um. But when you talk about confidence, right, mm-hmm. we can, I can give you a list of 10 things to do to be confident. Look at your pussy in the mirror, express yourself, you know, rub oils on your body, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. Those are all great. They might help. They might be a way in for you, but there is nothing that brings more confidence than divine trust in your heart. Mm. When you trust your own heart and when you trust yourself enough to make decisions based on what your body is begging you to do, there's nothing that can shake that kind of confidence Mm -mm. when you just can't. No. And there's no mistaking that, which I feel is being tapped deeply into your intuition. Mm -hmm. There's no mistaking that for like, oh, well, maybe this feels good. And I always, when Mm -mm. we talk about stuff like this, it always makes me think about when people are dating again. And it's like, man, it doesn't, I'm kind of craving his like attention really more, but I think things might change. I think we'll start to, no, no. When we sit with our bodies and have true deep honesty within ourselves, dating also sort of becomes a joke. It's sort of like you become the puppet master for the first time. You're in control of your life. You get to decide and design the life that you want to live. And so with specifically with dating, like if something's not feeling good with your body and you've already been sitting with yourself and really, you know, deeply in touch with your intuition, you can no longer let the red flags pass. Mm -hmm. You can't. It it, it feels dishonorable in your body. And you'll notice when you do. And, you know, this started to become a thing for me is that I would notice – 
you kind of test it a little bit. At least that's what I did for a while is like, I would notice these red flags and just be like, I wonder what would happen if I just kept dipping my toe in a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like I wonder how if I had sex with him one more time. Yeah, let's just see. Let's like just me. see. <laughs> nope. He's still not going to text you afterward. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> fuck, you know? And yeah, we, we, actually, we have to do a situation ship we episode. have to. Yeah. We should record it immediately after this <laughs> because Camille and I were gardening the other day. Okay. Let's get, I want, okay. This is something that I wanted to say too. And then I want to tell the gardening story is that I think uh, something that really scares people from going on a healing journey or from personal transformation, from like stepping into truth and all the things we've talked about is that there's this fear that you won't be the same or there's this fear yes. that like well who am I, I gonna be of that. yeah you were and so I was, was terrified I. so was I it's like well who am I gonna be I don't know like for you it was like what if I'm not the party girl that goes to the after party and has so much fun for me it was like what if I'm not the chick that wants to spend all this alone time and is in open relationships all the time and like what if I'm not oh my god that's who I am I'm I'm the funny one. I'm the fun one, you know? And so what I wanted to say is that those parts of you, there is a difference between your personality and the bullshit that you've built on top of it. If you've always been the class clown or if you've always been the like deep intuitive thinker or the reader or, you know, the the outdoorsy person, if that's kind of like who you've been, the likelihood of that changing is not very high. Yes. What's going to actually happen is that you'll just get to enjoy those parts of your life more. If you're a performer, you just get to choose when you get to just relax and when mm-hmm. you get to turn yourself on, not just in a sexual way, but also around your friends when you get to tell jokes and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I just wanted to let you know, because that was a big fear of mine and a big fear of yours. And I remember when I was in my journey, you're like, I just hope that you're lighthearted again. Remember? Yeah. Because I was going through this like really deep shit where I didn't want to speak. You yes. Know, like, after that ayahuasca experience, I was like, I can't talk. I can't write. I need to sit down and like yes. address my ego and that kind of thing. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know that, yes, it might seem scary. Yes, you might be like, who will I be after this? Will I still be in my relationship? That's a huge fear too. Yeah, It's like, what if I start changing and then my partner doesn't like me? Well, <laughs> they're either going to learn to love you and celebrate you in your journey or else bye. Like you don't have a choice. Yeah. So um, I know you want to tell the gardening story and also releasing a lot of those things are still our mind being tied to identity. Mm-hmm. And I was really scared of like not being the party girl. Like all of a sudden I started having panic attacks and like had to go home from, you know, all these things. It also made me deeply address my relationship with alcohol and drugs. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, those things that were that we fear of releasing are oftentimes also the things we need to release in order to find our true self. I can still go to parties now and I'm sorry, but people do still think I'm the fun one. And also (laughs) now I'm sober. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. I barely drink at all anymore. Mm -hmm. And I used to be slamming shots thinking that was the reason I was the fun party girl. And it's like, wait, no, I get to be a party girl now and set boundaries, which feels so much better right now and tomorrow when I wake up. Right. I mean, those things we clasp onto, grab onto so tightly, usually are just your ego being scared of releasing. Mm -hmm. 
It's so true. So, yeah, don't – I mean, that's such a good point, though. I was so scared. Well, it, and it is scary. And, I mean, for me, I would be the person that would show up at a party for, like, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe an hour. I was always the last one there and the first one to leave because I would be exhausted. I would show up, do this huge Lauren performance, thinking that I was the coolest, the funniest, like – and I was. I'd come in like a <laughs> wrecking ball and just be like, I'm hilarious. I'm so funny. Don't you want to <laughs> fuck me? Like, let's go. Oh, my God. Like, just this, like, really expressive <laughs> yeah. performance. And everybody would be like – you know, it's like the Lauren cyclone. And then I would just poof, go home and sleep for like three days because I was exhausted. It was this exhausting performer. And I thought that that was my only value was to show up, be this huge performer. I would never drink. I would never do drugs. I would talk about it. Like, oh yeah, I just don't really drink. Like I'm so much better than you, you know? (laughs) And then I would just go home and like vanish, not text anybody back, never say goodbye. Like it was just a thing. And now I'm able to go out and have an all-nighter and have so much fun because I'm not putting all this pressure on myself to be the performative one. Yes. I can have a – I still crack really funny jokes. People still probably think of me in the same way. But now I can also just like – be quiet and make out in the corner with Shane or like yes. like have an intimate conversation and not have the Or whole... have a mezcal, not be tied to being the person who right, doesn't drink. Right. Yeah. Like just let myself be a little loose. Yeah. You know? Be a little looser. Yeah. Cammy and I always have exactly the opposite uh well I shouldn't say always, but a lot. We have the opposite um the reflection of the opposite issue basically. Yes. Almost exactly. in everything. It's like oh, yin yeah. and yang. It's, it's fascinating. Phenomenal. So, man, we're going to have to cut it because we'll just keep ducky, 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 ducky. <laughs> so, so next time, though. Situationships? I'll ta- we'll talk about situationships. And I did want to say that, okay, Camille and I living together is the <laughs> most fun we cannot believe it. We, we see each other 24-7. It is. Okay. Like Lauren thought she was going to need space for me, but no. she texts me. She misses me. <laughs> Yesterday, I was cooking in my kitchen and she was cooking in her kitchen and I could see her while I was making my potatoes and I almost started crying because I was so- When you called my name and I saw your little Guy Fury haircut. <laughs> <laughs> go Cammy, I can see you and I was like oh my god and then we so had to exciting. go to dinner yeah you there came else. over but it's so fun because we have like it has brought so much joy to both of our lives but we discovered that one of the things we love the most is doing yard work together yes <laughs> and so gardening getting gardening. my fingers in the dirt like we the woman who lived here before us was this total well she was a horticulturist she was a horticulturist <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, like we didn't. It's, you know, a person who who knows what to do with flowers and plants, basically. Yeah, she's a plant extraordinaire. She has all these special hoses set up all over the place. We literally have tulips and roses and these big purple flowery trees. It has been so much fun. And so Camille and I love to get our gloves on and our get our rakes and our hose and our little choppers <laughs> our and we rooms. literally in our rooms Edward Scissorhands. we think it's so much fun we're just having a blast all the time I feel like we have to post some pictures of the garden flowers yes we when, with, along with your wig photo yes. <laughs> to show okay. people what we've created okay we will yeah. show you because yeah. it is something really special we now have a hammock in the garden and it's everything is just 
really fun, but we had a conversation the other day where we almost dropped our gardening experience to record <laughs> because we were talking about situationships and just how humiliating they are. They're so humiliating <laughs> and, and everybody knows when they're in one, Everybody but you don't knows. admit it. Well, it's like you're trying to convince yourself you're not. And when you're trying to convince yourself you're not, you are. You are. Are and that's the it thing. becomes the worst. So we're gonna do an episode on situationships, yes. and we'll tell both of our horrific experiences oh, with them. God, and it's gonna break your heart. And <laughs> I was literally in love with my situationship, and I wasn't able to. I couldn't talk myself out of it. Stop it! I it know. Was so we'll, gross. We'll talk all about it. We're really excited. Um. So today we kind of just went on so many different subjects. I think it's good to conclude. Yeah. Okay. Not leave people hanging. Breaking out of the matrix. This is part one of that. Yeah. This is this whole season's essentially going to be breaking the matrix. Let us know, actually, if you're interested in more talks like this. Yeah. Not as like specific. Important. Or if you want specific topics, I do think it's important to get Wolfpack feedback because we love you all and we appreciate your support so much. So basically, key points to take away from today, I think, is starting your practice. If you're seeking something and you're wanting so badly this internal transformation, sitting with yourself and starting with internal deep honesty is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And also starting to be the watcher of your mind, noticing the thoughts if you're interested on a couple books about it. The Power of Now is amazing. I also will recommend A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, which I think is actually where you should start. I think you should start reading A New Earth and then go to The Power of Now because A New Earth is beautifully describes the ego, a lot of attachment like we were talking about. Um, also, I can't wait to do an episode on inner and outer purpose because I feel like we did not cover that today. Oops. <laughs> That's okay. And also... I have one more thing to say to conclude this. This can all sound really serious. Like you have a bunch of shit to do, (laughs) right? Like, oh no, this is a mess. My life is a mess. I have so much work to do. Yeah. And what I would like to remind you of is to not take it so seriously. Yeah. Allow yourself to laugh at some of this. Allow yourself to just breathe and to notice the moment and see the humor in all of this because none of us are getting out of this thing alive yeah like it's okay if you fuck up it's okay yeah if you notice yourself in a situation and you're like how am I on this path and also in the situationship we can find humor in all of it yes you you end up I feel like everything seems funnier when you start losing your mind. (laughs) Yes. Everything seems funnier. (laughs) Shit. I have one more thing that I have to say. Say it. That's okay. Okay. I wanted to invite in for you a lot of compassion and love for yourself as well. And I thought about this before you talked about – it was right before you said you're going to go on a tangent, blah, 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 and I couldn't remember what it was. But now it's coming back to me. I'm so excited. When – when – we have this realization that we're lying or we're out of honesty a little Mm. bit and we feel shame about that. 
I want to just remind you of why that's happening. When you're being dishonest or when you're people pleasing or when you're doing these things that don't feel good in your body and you feel like embarrassed about them or you feel some shame about them, I want you to remember that at the end of the day, most likely – Well, not most likely. I can say almost with definitive, like with certainty. The reason that we do anything that doesn't feel good is to protect ourselves from pain. Mm -hmm. It's to protect our hearts from pain, from fear, from being an outcast, right? From vulnerability. From vulnerability. So when this stuff starts to come up and you make your list about all the ways that you've been dishonest with yourself, what you're not going to do is attach shame to that. Yeah, You're going to think all of the times that you've been dishonest with yourself, all of the overrides, say thank you because in some way, your ego, your people-pleasing, all of your bullshit is there to protect you. It's been trying to protect you since you were a little since the moment you were born Mm -hmm. so I just I feel like that's a really important piece is so important is to practice compassion and love for yourself deep love for yourself like you would a baby that you give birth to Mm -hmm. right just the love the forgiveness they can mess up over and over and over again and there's this unconditional love that's what we harness for ourselves that's what we harness for the inner children who are living inside of us and so I needed to say that that is so beautiful thank you for saying that honoring every single person that we have been every little character we have played because at the time that's what you needed to do and it was what was available yeah to exist and to protect yourself and to live so honor 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 tell yourself you love yourself hold yourself and And laugh a little bit because this shit is pretty funny that's exactly right And we are going to end it there. So thank you all so much. We love our wolf pack. Our listeners mean everything to us. We're so excited about season two. And this episode is 22, (laughs) which is also our family number, which is really fun. This is episode two Two. of season two. And it's episode 22. That's exactly right. So did you know that this year was also 2-2-22? Yes. And 2-22-22? Yes. Imagine if we were to record it on that day. Damn it. We messed up. Oh That's my okay. goodness. So just to remind everyone, if you're really interested in these type of topics and you're wanting a community, mm-hmm. you're wanting to start somewhere but aren't necessarily willing to invest yet in any one-on-one time or a mentorship or anything like that, we are starting an online community for internal transformation. Ah! It is going to be Lauren and Shane, my brother and her fiance, and I. My brother and her fiance. My brother, (laughs) which is her fiance. Yes. (laughs) My brother and her fiance. We've got a little incest going on. No, we have some confusion happening here. Shane, aka my brother, who is Lauren's fiance. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It still sounds really funny. Anyways, the three of us are starting a beautiful online community. So don't forget if you want to get insider information about when we're launching, early bird pricing, all these kind of things, go ahead and DM at the den mothers and just send us over your email and we'll put you on the email list so we're so excited about that don't forget to follow like subscribe our instagram is at the den mothers and our personal pages are she wolf lauren and camille misbach we have all of our personal career information all of our offerings in our link trees from there so we love you all so much thank you for coming back to the wolf pack we love you ow ow